our choir and our praise team and thank all of you for worshiping this morning and pray that God was honored and all of our worship was accepted by him. If you brought your Bibles, please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians, to the book of Philippians. This morning, I want to share with you a sermon entitled Going Forward in 2019. Going forward or moving forward in 2019. And we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3. And we'll look at verse 13 through 14. And I'll be referring to some other scriptures uh, in this book. And one or two more books. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come and worship you. And now, Lord... This time as we open the Scriptures, we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts. And, Lord, that your Word will become alive to us. And, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and guide. And, Lord, your Holy Spirit would convict, of, convict us today of, Lord, decisions that we need to make. Lord, that you would have us to make life-changing decisions, Lord, that would better us in our spiritual walk with you, and perhaps those here who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior, their life today as we begin the first Sunday of a new year, Lord, that their life would be changed drastically today as they ask you to come into their life to be their Lord and Savior of their life. Thank you for what you're going to do in our time together. Be with me. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. And, Father, I pray that you will speak through me. And, Father, that uh, you'll be honored and glorified in everything. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. No doubt this past year, 2018, we experienced some good times, had good times. Maybe a marriage took place in your family, a birth of a child, a baby. Maybe the first day of school for a child, or graduation, high school graduation, college graduation, a new job, or an anniversary. Judy and I, we celebrated our 48th anniversary, when we New Year's Day. And that was exciting for us, 48 years. So there were good things that happened in 2018. And we're to rejoice in those. However, there may have been some hard times and difficult times and, and painful times. And regardless whether they were good or whether they were bad, those are significant events of life. And we are to call and we are to call on them and reflect them from time to time, whether good or bad. However, there's some things that we need to leave behind as we move into 2019 individually and as a church. Leave them behind. Don't carry them over into the new year. Often the scripture, often in the scripture it says not to remember 
the former things. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. So the Bible tells us at times we need to kindly put away former things. It might hinder us in our walk with the Lord. And so that's why we have Philippians 3, verse 13, when Paul says, you know, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Now, if you're not careful, uh, focusing on the past will prevent you from achieving what God has for you individually and as for us as a faith family. So the point is, if we're to achieve what God's planned for us individually and as a church, if we're going to move forward in 2019, we're going to have to leave some things behind as a faith family as we move into 2019. For instance, number one, if you're jotting these down, uh, we're going to leave behind criticism of others. Amen? Criticism, no criticism. Of others, We leave that behind. That's not good. We don't, we don't have time to, to be critical of others if we're going to be following after the things of God in 2019. We need to move forward. Second thing I jotted down we need to leave behind is confidence in the flesh. We don't want to boast in ourselves. Uh, Psalm 44 verse 8 says, In God we will boast... In God we will boast all the day long. The scripture also says, If any man boasts, let him boast in the Lord. And so as we go into 2019, we, don't, we want to leave behind confidence in the flesh. Also, I listed pride and accomplishment. We want to leave pride and accomplishment behind. I pray that we'll never be a look-at-what-we-did church. Uh, someone said that if you can explain it, maybe God didn't do it. If you can explain it, then maybe God didn't do it. So we want to leave behind this pride and accomplishment and look what we did. Let me remind you that we're here today. We're here in this building on this property today, not because of what we have done, but because of what God and only God has done in our faith family. Time wouldn't permit me to share with you the, the good things, the great things, the miraculous things that God has done in regards to, you know, just common things, miraculous things. You know, there should never be any pride an accomplishment at Mountain View Baptist Church. We haven't done anything. It's all been about him. He's done it all. And so we want to leave criticism behind and confidence in the flesh behind it and pride and accomplishment behind. And then we want to leave our self-righteousness behind. Uh, Notice uh, the song at the very beginning as we begin to prepare for worship. Uh, you know, the best news is, uh, you know, Christ has done it all. It's not left up to what we do. He's done it all. It's been done. It's finished. So we need to leave our self-righteousness behind. You know, we know that we're sinners. 
We know that we're sinners by nature and by choice. We know that the Bible teaches us that there's not one good thing in us, no good person. The Bible says, no, not one. Are you good? No, you're not good. I'm not good. The Bible says the best righteousness that we have individually is like filthy rags. So we're not good. And so we don't need to bring self-righteousness over into the new year or it'll hinder our work. But if you're not careful, you'll start to think, I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm pretty good. Just remember, are you good? The Bible says, no, you're not good. There's none good. Not one. All of your righteousness, your goodness, are as filthy rags. So there's some things that we're leaving behind as we move forward in 2019. Our, our criticism of others, confidence in the flesh, you know, no boasting, pride in self-achievement, all of our self-righteousness. These things we'll leave behind in the past, forgetting the past, moving forward in these things in 2019. And by the way, the things that I'm going to mention that we're moving forward with are unchangeable. They, they should never change. Never change. These things should always be constant in our lives, constant in our, in our church, not going to change. Haven't changed in almost 100 years here. Not going to change. Shouldn't change. Not going to change. So these things are moving with us as we move forward in 2019. You'll see them in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. First thing, if you want to jot this thing, uh, these things down. First thing we're carrying with us, not going to change, is, is being Christ-focused in 2019. Not going to change. Uh, that's, that's never going to change. We're going to focus on Christ. We're going to celebrate Jesus. We're going to sing about Jesus. We're going to praise Jesus. We're going to glory in Jesus. We're going to focus on Jesus. There shouldn't be anyone who walks in the doors of this worship center, this sanctuary, and have any doubt whatsoever who our hero is, who our champion is, who the king of our life is, who the Lord of our life is, who is the head of the church, and that's Jesus Christ. It's going to be all about Jesus. It's what it's been, and it's what it's going to be. It's never going to change. It's what it's going to be in 2019. Jesus Christ. Look, if you would, at Philippians chapter 3. Go back to the first part of that chapter, to verse 3. Paul says, For we are circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice. I put a parenthesis around rejoice. And rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Paul says we are to rejoice. That word rejoice means to revelly. We are to reveille in Christ Jesus. I remember in the military, they would play reveille, reveille every morning. It was, it, was an, it was an exciting sound that would get you up and get you going. And that's what Paul says we're to do. We're to rejoice in Jesus. We're to reveille in Jesus. We're to, we're to exalt in Jesus. We're to overflow with passionate exuberance in Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do in 2019. 
And so God's going to bless a person, He's going to bless a church that will worship Him and exalt His Son, Jesus. And so with that in mind, Brother Terry and Miss Rachel and you and me as a pastor, you as a congregation, we need to rejoice with passionate exuberance in worship in 2019. Don't sit here and worship like this. That's not worshiping. That's just being here. And if you love the Lord like you say you love the Lord, you're going to be exuberant in your worship. It's going to be about Jesus. It oh, should be an exciting worship service. People come in and worship. They need to leave. And they say, you know one thing about that church? They love Jesus. They sing about Jesus. They praise Jesus. They talk about Jesus. They study Jesus. It's all about Jesus. That should be what people feel about Mountain View Baptist Church. And so the first thing we're carrying over to the new year is going to be about Jesus. We're going to focus on Jesus. Secondly, true humility. Notice what Paul says in verse 12. Go up to verse 12. <clears throat> verse 12, said, Paul said, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended, of Jesus Christ. See, we're moving forward with true humility. He says, Paul, listen, notice what he says. He said, I haven't arrived yet. Verse 12, says, I haven't arrived. I haven't attained. I'm not perfect. I haven't apprehended. I don't have the prize yet. Now, we're talking about Paul. Paul said, you know, we think, well, he's a spiritual giant. Paul didn't see himself as a spiritual giant. Paul says, hey, I haven't attained. I haven't arrived yet. You know, we're talking about a guy who has written, who wrote uh, 12, 13 books of the, of the New Testament. This is who we're talking about. We're talking about a guy, Jesus, when Jesus ascended and went back to heaven and sat down at the right hand of God... We're talking about a guy in which Jesus came back in spirit and appeared face to face with Saul of Tarsus and led him to salvation. That's pretty impressive. I mean, that's real impressive. I'd say, Brother Mike, who led you to the Lord? And Brother Mike said, so-and-so did. And, and Terry, who led you to the Lord? And so-and-so did. And and I'd say, you know, Grady, who led you to the Lord? He'd say, so-and-so did. I'd say, Paul, who led you to the Lord? He said, Jesus Christ led me to Jesus Christ. Really? That's how impressive Paul is. He was led to Christ by Christ. And he recounts that experience in Acts chapter 9, Acts 22, and Acts 26. And this guy says, Paul says, I, I, I don't already have it. I haven't obtained it. I'm not there yet. That's Paul. And if, listen, if Paul, here's the point, if Paul hasn't arrived spiritually, who in this place today can say or can justify a more spiritual, a, a sanctimonious attitude and say, I've got it all together spiritually and I don't need Bible study, I don't need worship, I don't need to be discipled, I don't need any of that. I have it going good right now. Really. Humble attitude. 
You see, this morning you may think, well, you know, you, you kind of feel like you, you're a little more spiritual than anybody else. I've talked to people, I've invited people to discipleship or to take part of a special course. They say this, I don't need that. I used to have an algebra teacher. I wasn't doing good in algebra. And I'd ask a question. He'd say this. He'd say, speak out and remove all doubt. And when I'd say, why don't you come? Why don't you be a part? Well, I don't need that. I'm thinking, speak out and remove all doubt. You think you really have it going spiritually? And there's no room for improvement in your life? You don't need Bible study, Bible fellowship. You don't need to serve. You don't need discipleship training. You just got it all together. Really? C.S. Lewis said this. He said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. True humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. I've noticed humble people did not tell me they were humble. They didn't, they, they didn't even think of themselves. They were thinking about others. So we're moving forward with being cross-focused, true humility, and then third and finally, a constant urgency. Constant urgency in 2019. Look, if you will, in verse 13. He said this, One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching, stretching, straining. You can visualize him. One thing I do, I'm forgetting these things that are hindering me. I'm going to leave them behind, but I'm reaching, I'm straining, I'm pressing, he goes on to say, unto, to those things which are before. Look at verse 14. He says, and I press, I press, toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. I press, I press. That word press means urgency. There's an urgency. He's pressing, he's stretching, he's leaning. He's going after Jesus with all of his heart, all of his life. Tell us about your life, Paul. Paul would say, well, right now I'm straining and, and I'm going forward, I'm straining forward, and I'm pressing, and I'm reaching. He's speaking about a constant urgency in his life. Do you have that? Do you have this constant urgency in your life to, to get to Christ? To keep on the firing line, going forward, not turning back, getting the job done. Getting the job done. It's remarkable to look at our history over the years and see how the saints of God before us worked and strained and pressed to go forward, to, to, to accomplish the work of the Lord, to help put us where we are here. But, but not only those in the past, but so many today in this congregation, so many today, I mean, you're, you're, you have this sense of urgency to get it done. I had to be careful because I had to get out of the way. You'll run over me at times trying to get it done. And all the events of the past and the new events planned for the future and ministries of the past and ministries of the future, so much to do and so much to accomplish. 
And there's so many who are after it, full steam and, and, and pressing and stretching and reaching and trying to accomplish. So many, but so many are not. Would you not be willing to say today in a new commitment to 2019, Lord, I'm going to press forward for the go. I'm going to, I'm going to press forward. Don't be like some of those that have no idea of, of the straining and the reaching forth and the pressing that goes on here in this place week after week, Monday through Saturday before the majority of people get here on Sunday. You have no idea who cleaned it up or where it was put or when it was done or when it was put out or, or what's happening next. No, you have a loop. You have a loop. You're not part of the pressing, not part of the reaching. But there's some, and I thank God for those. But today, you can be that. You can be a part of those. Now, you say, well, Brother Sammy, why is that so important? Let me tell you why. John 9, verse 4 tells us. John 9, verse 4, look at that. 9, verse 4 says, Jesus, here's, here's some of those red letters. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day that night cometh when no man can work. Why we seem to be so engulfed in doing this? And, and, and someone told me, y'all just do too much down there. Really? Why do we do that? Well, John 9 verse 4, the night's coming when no man can work. My dad's favorite song in the old Broadman hymnal. Some of you remember this old book. I'd like to sing some songs out of it. Services now. But his, his, his favorite song, Brother Jerome, was Work for the Night is Coming. Remember that? Work for the night is coming. Work through the morning hours. Work while the dew is sparkling. Work through mid-spring and flowers. Work when the day grows brighter. Work in the glowing sun. Work for the night is coming. When man's work is done. Work for the night is coming under the sunset skies. While their bright tents are glowing, work for daylight flies. Work till the last beam fadeth, fadeth to shine no more. Work while the night is darkening, when man's work is o'er. It's over. If you're going to do anything for God, you better do it while you're alive. Because there's coming a time where you're not going to be able to. And the point is this, this is not rest time. This is, this is not rest time. Jesus said, work for the night is coming when no man can work. So this is kindly a, this is a brief thing we're in called time. It's brief. We have a limited amount of it. And while we have that, I'm planning on giving it my all, and I'm encouraging our church to give it their all. Why? Because night's coming, and we won't be able to. I don't think anyone is going to overwork themselves to the point that when they get to heaven, they're, they're not going to say, you know, in heaven, I wish I'd done less. They're not going to say, hey, he's not worthy as I thought he was. Or it's not as important as I, that I imagined it was. All that work, I wish I'd done more for myself instead of staying down at the church all the time. Or going out here and going out there and doing this ministry and that ministry and, and carrying young guys hunting. 
I wish I'd done more for myself. He ain't going to say that. I wish I'd done less for the Lord. No, you, you're not going to say that. That's not going to happen, promise you. Guarantee it. You're not going to say that in heaven. So, Mountain View Baptist Church, just a little side note, theme perhaps should be always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always. Motivating God's people to go further and further and deeper and deeper than ever before. Remember those significant events in 2018? They call for reflection. However, as we move forward in 2019, there's some things that we need to leave behind. Criticism of others. Just make it just a common rule of our church, if you want to say rule. Um, we don't talk about each other. We talk to each other. That'd be good to have. Confidence in the, in the flesh, leaving that behind. We're only boasting in Him. Pride in accomplishments, not what we did. It's what He's done. And then we're going to move forward with things that should never change, being Christ-focused with true humility and with a constant urging. So how do you fit in this year? Are you as Paul, you're pressing, you're reaching, you're straining. You say, well, Brother Sammy, I'm kind of embarrassed about last year. And I remember when I used to be that way. Hey, things can change today just in a recommitment to Jesus Christ, the first Sunday in 2019. Make a difference. Be a part of the team. Be a, be a, a serving, working member of the body of Christ. You will never, I promise you, that's God is my witness, based on red letters, you won't regret it, and he'll reward you for it. So what spiritual decision you need to make today? What spiritual decision you need to make? You know, we have, we have a lot of servants in the church, and, and I thank God for everybody and what everybody does. But there's, there's one person in our church that served for a long time, and uh, that's Brother Ralph. Brother Ralph, could you come up here a minute? Uh, could, uh, could you get us a chair uh, in, the, in that room there? Somebody, Brother Mike. Come up here just a minute, Brother Ralph. Brother Ralph is uh, he's coming up. We're going to put you in the hot seat. Thank you. <laughs> there you Thank go. You. Let's put it right here in the middle. Can you sit there just a moment? Now, Ralph didn't know he was going to do this. Well, I did. I asked him about four weeks ago if he could share with us about a very important ministry that's so important to him. He was so involved in it, and that was our tape and video ministry years ago and Ralph was so faithful in that and I asked him if he'd just share a little about is this on Terry? It's ready. If you would Ralph share about the video ministry how you got involved and what it meant to you okay just hold that up a little.
tape ministry, she stood up and announced that she could no longer serve on the tape ministry and visitation because of her health. And at that time, I was at the choir, and I, after the choir, I went down and I told her that I would be willing to take over that ministry. And I, I was, at that time, I was uh, about 70 years old when I took that. And that's how I got into the tape ministry. And I, hope, I felt at that time that was the Lord wanted me to do at that time. Uh, prior to that, let's get back to me. When I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was 70 years old when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Up until that time, I was just a Sunday morning church goer. Every one Sunday morning, I come to church, and that was it until next week. And after I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I began to get involved more into the church, into the ministry. There's many ministries in the church to be chosen, but I felt that the Lord wanted me to be in the tape ministry, and I accepted that ministry because I felt the Lord wanted me for that. And I, I think I was on that 12, 10, 12 years, maybe 15 years. And I was involved with that, and I enjoyed that tape ministry very, very much. I had visits, the visitations that I made, each person that I was told was so grateful. They said by bringing that video, they watched the church service, they felt that they were right in the church with their family. And that made me feel very, very good. And I, I, I'm honored, and I give all the Lord the praise and glory for giving me the privilege to serve Him in this ministry. And, uh, I, I, and that's, that's just about how I feel about it right now. And I, to this day, I always thank Him for giving me that honor to serve Him. Amen. Amen. Tell us your schedule when you delivered those tapes. You know, you oh, shared that with me. Well, the, the schedule I had, I did it mostly, uh, I tried to get it probably late in the afternoon when they were home. And I made all the visitations, and most of them were at home at that time. And uh, I, I did it for their convenience, not for my convenience. And that's how I did it. Because mostly, in the, I probably started saying, 10.30, 11 o'clock in the morning, and maybe by the time I made my visitations, it'd probably be about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But time didn't mean anything for me that, because I enjoyed it. I know I wasn't doing it for myself, I was doing it for the Lord, my Lord and Savior. How many hours did it take you to do that? How many days of the week did you do that? One day? Well, it's not a lot, just one day a week. But as the time started, about a year and a half or so, it started to grow. Instead of being one day, I had to do about, it ended up two or three days. I do so much one day, the second day I do so much, and the third day I do so much. And uh, I, like I say, I, I never <coughs> felt bad about it. I enjoyed doing it. And like I say, I always felt in my heart that I was doing it not for me, not for them. What was the furthest you went out? How far did you go out? Well, 
Scoot this out. I'll bring it back, okay? Let me set it right here. Let me borrow your mic. Ralph, the church, we talked about your ministry and how long you were involved in it. And the church had a business meeting a couple of months ago. They wanted to do something in your honor. And we have this plaque. And let me read it to you, okay? Right. It says, the, the Ralph Beckenbach Video Ministry Room. This room is named in honor of Ralph Beckenbach for his years of service to the video ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. And so we, as a church, voted to name our video and sound room the Ralph Beckenbach Video Room. In your honor. Let's give him a round of applause. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You may be seated. So there's a prominent place right when you go in that door. It's where we're going to put this. Okay? And so we love you, and we appreciate the service that you've done here. You've kind of been an example to all the other servants. You're our oldest servant, and you've been an example to everyone else. And so we wanted to do this for you, and so we, we just wanted to, we were praying you'd be here today. We wanted it to be a surprise. All right? All right, you, ever how you mount up, you can go. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to send you out to the foyer. We have a chair out there, and people will probably want to say something to you, speak to okay. you when you. So just truck on out that hall there. That would be good. All righty. Thank you, Mike. All right. Well, thank you, Brother Ralph. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, that's what it's about. 
How many times did he say, I didn't do it for me, but I did it for the Lord? What are you doing for the Lord? Man, what an, what an example for us. Today, Christ has spoken to your heart in some way. Perhaps you're here today and you've never asked Christ to save you. This is time to do that. I'm not going to embarrass you, and after the service is over, we'll talk. Come and rededicate your life to the Lord, the service of the Lord. Come and recommit, come and spend time in prayer, whatever you feel like the Lord's leading you to do. But let's stand together. Terry's going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. And let me encourage you to come. The Lord's spoken, and uh, the decision's yours.